because you know that it's not only about you mm-hmm. that when you open a door it's not you coming in it's like a hundred other people that are lined up behind you you're gonna also hold the door open for them so I I think for me personally it helps me to know that I'm not just living my life for my own personal satisfaction mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I know that I am you know setting a trail that maybe there wasn't a trail walking through this woods before. And, but now I'm leaving little crumbs so that other people that are walking the same path will have it easier than I did. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wait Holds Up, a podcast where we talk to homegirls, experts, and others to help us live our most authentic lives. I'm Jessica. I'm Yarel, and welcome once again to the podcast. We are so happy to have you. Thank you for making us, you know, part of your drive, part of your uh, morning routine, wherever you're listening. Muchas gracias for sending you so much love. How are you, Jess? I'm great. I am great because just thinking about this episode has put like a super big smile on my face (laughs) it feels like a um like I'm a part of this movie well let's just call it out we got to interview two of the ladies from in the heights and right away I have this massive ass smile on my face y'all because you have no idea what this movie meant to me um it means to me and obviously speaking with these amazing women, but I, I've been in the Heights fan since it was on Broadway. I was fortunate enough to go see it when it was on Broadway. And oh, it's- yes. So, so when you were in New York yeah. and you were living in New York, um, I mean, was this like when the musical came out, was it as big as it is now or did it slowly gain momentum? Tell us a little bit about the story for those of us, for a lot of us that that didn't get to experience the musical. So, okay. I'm trying to remind myself, right? Because at this point, it's at least, I want to say... 12 or 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm also trying to like put myself in that moment. And that's um, you were a baby. You were like was, in, in middle school, high school. <laughs> I was in Pampers, guys, when it came out. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't need we don't need specifics, Yadi. We don't need specifics. <laughs> I can't do job specifics in the podcast. So you gotta stay tuned for that. <laughs> but right. I do remember that when the podcast came out, um, I mean, when the podcast came out, when (laughs) the um, play came out and we, and my parents took us to see it, it was definitely not like, oh, this is the biggest show on Broadway by Mm. any means. Um, I think, you know, at that point, there was theater, I'm assuming like small theater, small production or no, it was a good size theater. And it was like, you know, they put money into the production for sure. Just, you know, in the way that they, they do, cause it was on Broadway. It wasn't Mm -hmm. off Broadway. So Mm -hmm. like, if you're in New York, there's like off, off Broadway, there's off, off, off Broadway, you know, there's like many things to do to accomplish before you get to Broadway. So having been on Broadway means that you're a million dollar production for sure. So that's. Like it was something that obviously was amazing, but at the time, I'm you know, 
we're still in a space where when you look at the numbers, like Latinos are so underrepresented in media. And like, if you think back like 10, 15 years ago, of course it was still the case. And especially, I mean, the reality is, is that Broadway is probably worse now because if you take all of like Lin-Manuel's productions off of Broadway, like, I don't think that there really is much when you think about Latinx representation. Right. But, But for me, when I saw in the Heights, it was like, oh my God, y'all, y'all did it. Like, and you guys need to know, like, I've always been a creative. Like when I was younger, I thought I was going to be an actress. When um, I went to college, I was able to like study a little bit more into filmmaking, but not that much to give you an idea. We were still using like film tapes when I was in college and then everything went digital a couple of years later. So I was like, well, I got to learn everything all over. Um, but I've always been a creative. I've always wanted to tell stories. And so being able to see in the Heights for me was like, this is such a powerful way of telling our stories. And I grew up like in and around, um, Washington Heights. Like I, and especially at the time I, you know, this was like, I was in my 20, early twenties when I saw the show, I would hang out in the Heights. Like that's where a lot of my girlfriends were. So it was just like, I'm like, I know this community that y'all are talking about. And granted, mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in Washington Heights or anything like that, but I did feel like a strong connection and mm-hmm. awareness. Um, and just hearing people speak in Spanish, but a Spanglish, you know, the abuela character, like these, this, there's this character, Nina, And I really remember relating to her because she feels this strong sense of, I think everyone thinks I'm going to be great, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel that about myself. And it's too Mm -hmm. much pressure. Mm -hmm. And I remember personally feeling that way about Mm -hmm. myself. Um, Crazy. Yeah, because I'm thinking this is like around right after I graduated college. So like that, you know, you can't help but feel that angst. Right, right. And again, but to see it from like a Latina and, 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 and having the language and the music and the salsa and the drums and everything, oh, yeah. y'all, I'm like, I'm like gyrating while I'm saying right, all this. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's so cool that you were able to see yours. Like we always talk about not seeing ourselves, you know, like reflected on in stories, but how dope was that for you as a young girl? grow you know whatever age you were like to see yourself in your story being reflected on another character that was also like very real and very authentic you know what I mean like that never we're we are hardly ever given those moments or those opportunities or those connections or those aspirations to be like yo like even even the even the character's journey I can I can relate and I can use in in my life you know let alone like whoever was playing um those um those stories or, or sharing those stories was Lin-Manuel in, in, in the yeah and I saw it so Lin-Manuel played Usnavi which oh, in the movie that was Anthony Ramos plays Usnavi and but Lin-Manuel has a cameo in the movie which is very very perfect um and so you know this is coming out on HBO Max and in select theaters on June 11th in the Heights and we think y'all should definitely see it. Oh my gosh. Because it's just, it's a cultural phenomenon. And you know, the way that like, um, crazy rich Asians like took over. Yeah. I feel like this is what this is going to do. And actually the director of crazy rich Asians, John directed in the Heights, this movie. And so it's just like, he brought that larger than life into New York city Mm. in such a magnificent way. 
And the conversation that we got to have with Melissa Barrera and Leslie Grace was honestly like, I know we both hopped off and we're like, so are we best friends? Are we friends? Can we all hang out? We're all in LA. It was mad homegirl for sure. True to our fashion. You know, they were really um, upfront about like the vulnerability of like working in the arts, but also just being like a Latina and like having to deal with expectations from family, from society, Mm -hmm. um, which I was like really amazed by them opening up about that and also talking about their own struggles with mental health issues and how they, you know, have confronted those over the years. Right. Their vulnerability, their authenticity, like really, um, you know, I felt like was palpable. Well, we love this interview and we hope that you all enjoy. all so much for the time we're super excited i am like a geek within the heights because i got to see the play um when it was on broadway so when i feel like i date myself every time i see that um (laughs) because i was already like this was after college and i was just so excited and it like changed something in me because as a latina as a creative as a you know, East Coaster, I grew up in Jersey, but like right across the George Washington Bridge was Washington Heights. So had many nights out there, many days, you know, so it was just like, it was like something that I felt. And so now I'm in LA and I'm just so excited because what you created, which y'all were a part of, is something that I feel like brings the spirit of New York. It brings the spirit of, of the Heights. It brings the spirit of like Latino greatness to the world and I am so hyped for that (laughs) that's amazing you don't you don't date yourself because like yeah you date me because I I also I also saw it on Broadway multiple times and I was in college and I uh and I was it blew my mind it it really um I didn't, I was already a musical theater geek and I knew a lot of musicals and I had, you know, I was obsessed with Les Mis and, and Beauty and the Beast and all these like older classical musicals. And then when I saw this, I was like, oh, this can be on Broadway, this kind of music, this kind of dancing, the Mexican flag up on that stage. And it just, it just really moved me and it impacted me. And it like kind of solidified my life path of wanting to go into musical theater. Cause I was like, now, and now I see that there's clearly a space for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Like what a moment, right? I think um, also watching it um, for me, it brought like, there were so many emotions, right? Of like happiness, of joy, of seeing our culture um, on like a state, like on that kind of stage. And then also like nostalgic for all these things, you know, that represents us and the sounds and the rhythms and our, in our families and the connections we have. And actually I must say just, I mean, we wanted to say obviously congratulations, but so many people are already calling it the best film of the year. So that's like a big deal, ladies. That's, you know, just the reviews are amazing. And I would love for you guys to tell us a little bit about that connection, right? Like that connection you had with your character, how how do you find yourselves in your in, in the characters that you played? 
Oh man, there's so many. I think we, we were just on with uh, Kiara and she was saying how there was a weird thing that she could just uh, feel that like, like in almost in like a little spiritual way that we just aligned with our characters and that she could see it in our eyes, in our additions. Um, and in so many ways, like I got to, through my character, got to process so much of my life experience. Um, but just in general, being a part of a story that's, that's, that's based in the Heights and that is in this neighborhood that I know and that my, I have so much family in and being a New Yorker, being an East Coaster, being, um, a kid of immigrants, uh, who, who has dreamt, you know, maybe bigger than her family can metabolize and also feeling fragmented, not, not enough of one thing or the other to claim fully with enough ownership, you know, um, who she is. Nina feels a lot of all of that. It feels guilt in her privilege, feels guilt in, you know, not exercising what she's supposed to do with all, but everybody thinks she's supposed to do with all that privilege. Um, and so I think like, I, I just, I was able to process a lot of myself through Nina. And then also at the same time in real time, put it, put whatever I have felt of her, um, of, you know, her experiences in my own life, put them into um, bringing life to Kiara's words and, and Lynn's words and, and songs. And um, I think we were all able to do that. Like we see a little bit of ourselves in all of these characters. And that's what's, that's something so beautiful that ha that's one of the beautiful things that happens when you get to tell a story that feels like it's yours and um, get to be empowered by the story and empower the story as well. Um, yeah, so I, so, so many ways I learned so much from Nina about myself. Um, it's so funny because I was doing an interview earlier today and I was telling, she asked me about how it was like to like move from Mexico to the US and what it felt like to have that kind of shift in, in being one Mexican among Mexicans and then being the Mexican in New York. And, mm -hmm. and I realized as I was telling her my story that I, that I had a lot of Nina. I was a girl in New York that was the only Mexican in my program. And I felt it wasn't, it was a weird way of feeling lonely because everyone wanted to be my friend, but I was very conscious that it was like a token. I was being tokenized kind of, was I was like the, mm -hmm. the exotic one the foreign one and everyone was curious about me and I was and I had a really hard time making friends in college mm. because I couldn't connect and, mm. and I was like oh my gosh I'm Mina um but when I saw the show in for the first time I was still in high school and I was I had already decided that I wanted to go to school for musical theater but I had a lot of doubts and a lot of fears and um and when I saw the show when I saw Vanessa and I saw her sing it won't be long now. I was like, this is literally me. This is this is a girl that wants to get out of her town to like look for possibilities and start over. I was getting ready to leave Mexico to go to school to seek opportunities and a better education to pursue my dreams of being a musical theater performer. And I was like, I that's that's me. That's very clearly me. And I can play that part. And then I started trying, you know, and every audition that I could go to, I would go and audition. Um, never got a call back, never nothing. But um, but it was until I know I was about to say yeah. until you had your pretty woman moment and you're like big, big huge. <laughs> 
but, uh, but I remember, I remember singing the singing. It won't be long now at the final audition in New York and, and crying during you while I was singing, because I was like, wow, I've been waiting for an opportunity like this, literally like, and this is, this is Vanessa. Like she says to herself, it won't be long now to keep herself going. And that's what we do, you know, in this industry, that's so hard. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm crying, but it's, it's literally what you have to tell yourself during like the super lows and the dark times, the in-betweens to keep at it because this is a hard industry. And if you're like, it won't be long now, I'm just like, I just have to be patient. You know, the good, the, the, the opportunities are coming. The dreams are just, just, I, I can feel them in the tips of my, of my fingertips. I can touch them. I'm just like, I just need one more day. And, and I felt, and I, and I, I think I hadn't connected until that moment, until that final audition where I was like, oh my God, it won't be long now. Like this is, this is huge. I'm in this room and this could change my life forever. And it did. Wow. I love that. Oh my so God. Much. I'm going to cry too. I know. I'm like, <laughs> we um, all feel that. We go. Yeah. It, it's true. It's, it's, you know, it's like you speak about it um, in the industry, but I think that just so many of us in general, right? There's like an angst. And last year, with people being stuck at home, I think that angst built for so many individuals mm-hmm. as well. Like, okay, am I missing an opportunity? You know, is, am, am I, um, am I going to miss whatever's next for me because I can't be out there? And I think what's so amazing about the way that the characters were written is that these are are two very strong Latina characters that were written like 10, 15 plus years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is an anomaly in and of itself because we're still trying to have those characters written today. Right. Um, So we're still, you know, struggling for that. But I think we're, we're looking at these women who were very self-sufficient, very independent, but at the same time still had their flaws and still sort of wore that. And you see that in the real women. Yeah, absolutely. Real people. I'm curious with, with Nina being someone who feels like she has the weight of the world, the weight of her community, of her family, on her shoulders and she cannot disappoint them. She can't let them down. Um, I would love to know both of you on like how you manage that because I think that that is something that our listeners really connect with. This idea that like everyone's depending on me and I don't want to let them down. But also that's not fair to me to Mm -hmm. take that weight on. Yeah. Yeah, we all feel that. We all feel that in some kind of way, especially if you're if you're um, if you're Latina or, or, you know, if you're Latinx or in any capacity, first generation, second generation or, you know, immigrant like in this country, you feel like there's very small margin for you to fail, because if you've made it to have any type of opportunity um, that is beyond what, you know, uh, your family before you has has even dreamt of, then you better not, you better not let it down. You better not let everybody down. You better not let yourself down, but also everybody that came before you. So you can have even just a chance at doing this thing that you're doing. Um, and so I felt that every day on set, like that was my biggest struggle. Um, that's my biggest struggle every day. Um, and, and I got to process a lot of that through Nina. I'm so glad that I was able to like contextualize 
that pressure and that responsibility that I felt so much of my life that I never had a place to put it. Um, I, I'm so blessed. I felt so blessed that I could explore that with Nina in a safe space in a in a in our own community of our you know family, our cast family, and for this purpose, the purpose of telling this story um, that in turn would empower other you know Nina's, other Vanessa's, other Usnavis, um, and what I really found in that responsibility and that pressure and the weight of the world and your community and your family on your shoulders is what Nina finds is that when she was able to do that, um, to do that perspective change in her head and, and you know, was enabled to do so through the character of Sonny when she finds out what his struggle is, that he, he's a dreamer and he's a real life figurative and, and literal dreamer. Um, when she's able to make that switch and say, oh, I shouldn't be ashamed of my privilege. I can, I can take this and use it and not only pay it back, but pay it forward to someone like Sunny to pay, pay it back to my, my previous generations. But it's an opportunity, not only a responsibility um, for me to pay this forward to someone that I love, you know, to, pe to people that might not have this privilege, to another young kid that's looking up to me that might be able to do this and um, know that me paving this new way is, is already doing that job, you know, like me just facing every day at Stanford or going to work in this whatever, in whatever space where I feel otherwise or trying to do something new. Like for me, it was trying to do this film and doing my very best, like in a space that I, you know, didn't, didn't know about. Um, that in and of itself is already paving a new path beyond you know, having the courage to do that is is paving a new path beyond what any anybody before you could uh, think of. Like Jimmy, Jimmy says to you know uh, Kevin says to Nina at the end, this is this is the part where you where you can see beyond you know what I was able to see uh, when you're smarter than I am, um, and and that's that's all that we're here to do. You know, sometimes it's hard, uh, but but you have to find the potentiality in that and the opportunity in that. And um, that'll propel you till the next day. You know? Yeah, I think it's inevitable to feel some kind of weight because, you know, we're not psychopaths. You know, yeah. like we have, we have, we do, you know, go through life thinking about what we want to do, but it's never just us. It's all the sacrifices that people have made so that we can be on this path. And I know that everything that I do, I know I do for my mom and my sisters. And, and there, you can see it as a burden, but when you turn it around, like you said, and you, and you make it fuel, mm -hmm. you, make it, you're, you make it not a weight, but an inspiration, something that like will push you even to fight for it more because you know that it's not only about you. Mm -hmm. And when you open a door, it's not you coming in. It's like a hundred other people that are lined up behind you. You are going to also hold the door open for them. So I, I think for me personally, it helps me to know that I'm not just living my life for my own personal satisfaction. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I know that I am, you know, setting a trail that maybe there wasn't a trail walking through this woods 
before and but now I'm leaving little crumbs so that other people that are walking the same path will have it easier than I did Mm -hmm. I think it's all about that it's all about making it easier for the people that are coming after us paving a little more of that road right mm-hmm. right that's so beautiful okay. and so powerful I think for uh, Leslie like you mentioned too like doesn't matter what generation you are it doesn't matter if you just got here it doesn't matter if you're already been here for for many for many ge- generations past but I think something that also too that really that really stuck with me as, as a daughter of immigrants right and like as the idea of like I wanted when I was in when I was in high school I wanted to leave my home for college I wanted to get away as far away as possible to just explore because I was I grew up in a very traditional Mexican household and when you're away then you look back when you're away I had so many nights where I would cry I wanted to come back home I miss my mom I asked her to send me food I, I wanted a transfer she literally sent me Mexican food in like Tupperware and it made it to Miami pretty warm (laughs) so I mean I feel like when we leave we have like this nostalgia right for like all those all the beautiful things that um there's a saying in Spanish like uno siempre regresa a los los hermosos sitios donde amo la vida and Mm -hmm. that you know I feel like a lot of the movie brought me back to a lot of thinking a lot of these things and all the stuff that we don't appreciate right when we're young Um, what would you both tell your younger self to appreciate more, not just Mm -hmm. in your journey, but in the place that you're at right now? Oh Oh my gosh. Can I just say that my mom used to send me from Mexico (laughs) to New York. She would send me frozen tacos de huevo con machacado. Okay. Oh my God. That is the level of lazy that I was frozen tacos. Of huevo con machacado. That's egg. Okay, I would eat for like I would egg freeze, ladies. I, I would freeze egg tacos, and then I would just like slowly eat them throughout throughout the semester. But like I understand that that's just that just goes to show how much like our parents are willing to do for us do and like to make us feel so that we have some kind of comfort. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I feel like I would. I would tell my younger self just to be uh, more appreciative of how fortunate I am because I feel like I didn't, I didn't see how privileged I was in the family that I had, the education that my mom gave me. Um, You know, the, the, I had a roof over my head. We always had food on the table. I, I, I had the ability to like try different activities and like try, um, you know, I could, I danced, I played basketball, I traveled, you know, I did all things that I took for granted. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think something that I would tell my, my younger self, just like look around and be grateful for all that you have. Mm, so good. Yeah. I would say something like in line with that too. Like, yeah, I guess when you don't like, kind of like what you were saying, like when you, when you go away from home, I think it's like, the the being of the distance you know kind of helps you get that perspective of like 
oh, like now that I'm far away, I can see how valuable this was, you know, that I wasn't able to see from up close. And now I want to go back. And now I made the decision to go. Um, so I, I would say like, for me, I'm, I'm learning just because I, I, I just moved like after this whole experience for the first time to LA from my, my, a lot of my family, my parents live in Florida, but I'm originally from New York. So family split in New York and, and uh, all over the East Coast. And um, I would say something that I'm learning now is just to value the uniqueness of your own experience, because I spent so much time and I got to process this with Nina too. Like I, I spent so much time trying to, especially when I moved from New York to Florida, I spent so much time trying to cover up how different yeah. my family experience was to fit in. And I think we do that so much and we miss out on the gift that is your own unique experience that made you up, that makes you special. And we all, no matter where you're from, like you can be, no matter where you're from, you all, you, everybody has like uniqueness within them that allows them to share something new in whatever space they walk into. And uh, as a kid, I covered that up so much, whether it was my hair, whether it was, you know, the way my, 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 my parents talked and I would translate for them or like, you know, like all of these things that my Spanish wasn't perfect or my English wasn't perfect or whatever. And now I, you know, even through this movie, I'm able to see like, it, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate you know, the uniqueness of, of us and, and that it not be a burden, like, like you said, Mel, but that it be like an opportunity. Um, so I tell my younger self that, yeah, to soak up like all these things that you're, you know, you, you're never, you might not even see again in your, in your life, soak it up while you can and take it with you. Um, you know, and Nina, Nina does that too. Like I can go on and on for days about how <laughs> these storylines are so, uh, so representative of like life, life lessons, but Nina learns to take her community with her to Stanford and that's what her purpose is. And so, yeah, like just soak up, soak up your own experience and take it where it's needed. That's not like, um, like taking us to church today. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm like, we're getting our souls, our yeah, souls, um, food today. Sunday that I like that I that I just needed it. Yeah. I think that that's that's so much of that is like a hundred percent this sense of like the things that our parents and the sacrifices that they made and being able to say like you did the absolute best for what I have right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm still in therapy, but I still appreciate everything. Yeah, everything, every single ounce of it. Every single ounce of it. You gave me the best. Yes, you did the best. And on top of that, that in you doing the best and what you showed me, you made me who I am. And Mm -hmm. that is going to be what what opens every door that is supposed to be opened for me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. Oh, so good. All, all that from y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always been a fan of musicals. Um, I can totally connect with you, Melissa, when you were talking about like going to see all of them on um, Broadway and everything. But this is the question I've always wondered. Okay. So when you're in that moment where you're singing, I have a feeling it's like on film probably is different, but maybe on stage too. You're singing, you're all up in someone's face. 
what's the proper hygiene protocol? Do you pop a mint before? Do you <laughs> gum and then spit it out? You know, and we ain't had none of that. At least not Corey and I. Like, sorry, yo. <laughs> Um, uh, I would say definitely a mint. You have yeah. access to one. I know that like makeup people always have mints and it's the thing like, hopefully you won't be in the uncomfortable position of having someone that whose breath stinks that they just <laughs> like fish or something. Yeah. Um, most I feel like most people are very aware especially when yeah. you're going to be up in someone's face right. but you know you also have like when you're on stage you're sweating you're projecting, you're, so projecting you're spitting on people yeah. too yeah that's mm-hmm. some that's some pre-covid stuff because yeah you know before you got you got you're sweating on people you're spitting on people you're breathing on people and you didn't even think twice I, right. I don't know what's going to happen from now on where we're yeah people are going to be there. like yeah. So yeah. <laughs> PTSD, stay away. But I, I, I remember uh, if Corey were on, he'd mention, well, you know, Leslie would come on set with her little Colgate whiskeys. <laughs> he would ask me for, I got him a bag because he was such, a, he was a bigger fan than everybody. <laughs> like, Martha, please, Martha was our, our HMU girl. Yeah. She'd be like, Martha, you got my whiskeys? And she'd have a whole bag ready for <laughs> Go save the day. Those are yeah. awesome. Those are, those really are great. Yeah. yeah. Um, ladies, you know, we're also wrapping up uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's a goal for both of us on the podcast uh, to break the stigma uh, around mental health in the Latinx community. Can you tell us about a moment uh, when you realized your mental health was maybe at a breaking point? Uh, your mental health needed much more attention and how do you prioritize what do you do to take care of you mm. um I, I'll I'll say uh I realized like maybe right before doing doing this movie um before I knew or anything was non-related but it was around that time um that I was experiencing like a lot of like hidden like depression and anxiety that I just put a lid on and we all, you know, in some ways do that. And uh, because of my lifestyle and, and, you know, doing music and, and being um, this person that's out there in the world doing their best, you know, to represent positively. um, I didn't, I didn't even know for myself, like, Oh, like, like you're sad, like a lot of times. And there's a lot of things you're not sharing. You're not finding a proper place to share. Um, and so that's when I started to think about just therapy. And then it wasn't until after, um, coming back from New York, it was like, oh, I had processed a lot of things and I was like, oh, I, 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 I need this. Um, and, and then I realized now I've been like doing therapy for like a year and a half. And I'm like, yo, like this is necessary for proper living. Like everyone can find value in, um, having a place to go. Um, finding someone they feel comfortable with that's knowledgeable um, about the help that you need and getting getting a, an outlet for the things that are, it's like maintenance for your everyday life and emotions and feelings um, that we end up burdening others or putting in other, and you know, inappropriate places, uh, emotions that we end up putting in, in inappropriate places that might end up leading us astray. So um, it's been the best thing for me. Uh, I do that. I meditate. I pray. I try and get outside and, you know, stay, stay light. That's kind of a mix of things that I try and do. 
It's so, it's so important because I feel like in the Latinx community, it's so taboo to talk about mental health for some mm-hmm. reason. We, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to mention it. We want to play. Oh, you crazy. If you we die, you you're like crazy. We're fine. Yeah. We always pretend like we're fine. Like I realized because I grew up in Mexico. Right. And I, you know, never, ever heard of anyone talking about anything like depression, nothing that, and I think like when you talk about mental health, anxiety and depression are like the most common, like everyone suffers from anxiety and depression at one point or another, but like no one ever talks about that. And I used to think like, oh, how lucky am I that I don't suffer from those things? You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm like, I'm so chill. And I have such a, like a handle on my life that I don't go through any of that stuff. And it wasn't until I, for me, it happened for the first time after we shot Mm. in the Heights. And, um, and I found myself sleeping a lot and not wanting to like leave my house and having a really hard time getting out of bed. And uh, just like I withdrew basically from the world. And I didn't want to like go out with friends. I didn't want to do anything. And I was, and I realized one day I was like, I think I'm depressed. I'm, I think I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And, and I did, I, I mean, I, I didn't know the reason or what, but I realized that it's so important because when we just, dis- when we as a community decide that that doesn't exist, that that's not our problem, <laughs> that we don't, that that's, that's something for a crazy people and like it doesn't affect us. What it, what we're really doing is just keeping things inside. Mm-hmm. And when you bottle things up, they eventually will build up and you'll explode. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's so important to have somebody to talk to because mm-hmm. one, it helps to just let it out and, and process things. Because once you say them out loud, as you're talking through them, Three. you, you find solutions a lot yeah, of the time, any answers. Yeah. but also when you talk to someone, you realize that you're not alone in your feelings, that everyone feels like this. It's such a universal, um, I don't even know what the word is, but like predicament. It's such a, you know, like everyone goes through these things. And if you feel less lonely, then it feels more manageable because you don't feel like a weirdo that you have to hide those things that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just helpful to, to talk it out, to go to therapy or, or, you know, have better communication with your partner or your mom or your friends or whoever it is. Um, but to, I think it's important to eliminate the stigma behind mental health and to understand that we all need help. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. Life is not easy. We're complicated. We feel a lot and we need to like process those feelings. So it's important to, to acknowledge that it's a thing and uh, everyone goes through that. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yes. I think that is the perfect button mic drop to this conversation. We appreciate you ladies 
not only for what you're doing. I mean, you killed it in your roles. Um, you were both amazing powerhouses, but also for being bold and speaking out on what motivates you, what, you know, ignites that fire under you and also being bold in your vulnerabilities as well. We think that's super, super important. And so congratulations. It won't be long now till it everyone- It won't be long. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally days. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even think about it. Yes. We're so Um, happy for you. So happy and so proud of all you're doing. And we know that's only, this is like just the beginning of like an amazing journey for both of you. And thank you so much for giving us the time and the space. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So fun. Okay, so I just want to know who is planning to go see In the Heights or planning to do an In the Living Room party, In the Living Room Heights, because I think I'm going to do that. I think uh-huh. I'm going to do a In the Heights party in my living room, cook some maduros, maybe, you know, do some arroz, get my girlfriend to do some like good like pollo, guisao or something. Ooh, I, yes. I just think like I need to... Hey. My mother, my mother-in-law just brought us a big thing of, of coquito she made out of almond milk. So <gasps> I will bring it to uh, to the party, okay? <laughs> I, I'm all down for coquito in the middle of June. <laughs> Let's do she it. Was, she was experimenting with like different recipes and she knows that I drink almond milk. So she's like, I'm going to do this one. And I'm like, hey, this is perfect. Okay, <laughs> cute. So I'm thinking that. I, I'm already, please sign me up to the party. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yes. We want to know if y'all are going to watch the movie or, and once you watch the movie, we definitely want to know your thoughts because this feels like a Latino power film and right. we should all be like taking out our banderas, yes. waving them around and yes. having mad pride. Right. I mean, I mean, a part of me feels sad that it was, it had to be pushed a year because of the pandemic. And then now it's not going to be able to, you know, be seen as, as in many theaters as we would want it to like, how dope would it be for like this, this amazing premiere? You know what I mean? Like in New York city and like, and like our, our community's really going out and showing support for it because we know it's important when films are shown in theaters that first, second weekend. So part of me feels like, damn, we couldn't do that, but we have to show up forward in any way we can because that's the only way also Hollywood will understand that we need more films about us for us and including us period men and bias and bias yes done punto and I think that you know what one of the things I forgot to mention at the beginning um when I was talking about the impact that this play now movie has had on me is that it also really empowered me to I've always wanted to write um, and do non uh, do fiction um, screenplays, and this has actually been lately. I have been working on a screenplay, and this soundtrack hypes me up every single time I need to get into writing because it sort of is like my like reminder that our stories are worth being told, and I have what it takes to tell it. Yes, Jess. Yes, that's my girl right there. Oh, okay. Oh. Boom. <laughs> So I hope that y'all feel some sort of takeaway from the movie. Um, and if not, just have a good ass time. It's really, really fun. It's family friendly. Um, yeah. and all Beautiful that. film. Beautiful. It really is. It really is. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode. We really appreciate y'all. 
as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Wait Holds Up Pod. Also, same for TikTok. And we're, you can visit our website, waitholdsuppodcast.com. Lots of surprises and lots of goodies for all of you on the website. Um, and yes, leave us a review. Uh, check us out on Spotify. Share an episode that you loved. Share this episode on the gram uh, with your friends, with your abuela, with your mom, with the entire community, with your block, with everybody. <laughs> with the heights, yo. The heights yeah. show up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you so much, like always, for all the love and the support. We love you. Um, and we're here for you. And we thank you. Yep. Until next time. Bye. Bye.